This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. In this world of nonstop news, it's important local journalists cut through the noise so you know what really matters. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil Lipoff. And I'm Shannon Malaire. In our community in Boston, you are the driving force behind our stories every night. Our investigators team is constantly creating change that impacts all of us. And NBC10 response Leslie Gatiss is ready to fight for your retail rights. Plus experience and accuracy, Pete Bouchard brings you the forecast like no one else. It's your news and we're here to tell it. NBC10 Boston, weeknights at 6, 7, and 11. Blog Talk Radio. No. That's not what I wanted. Objectivists. I am Corey, along with Dr. Megan Ribbons. As usual, we're back on another Sunday, and I just told Megan on, how are you doing today, Meg? I'm doing well, Corey. How are you? Do I have your approval on that? Uh, it was Dr. Who. You do? I Although, I, okay, all right. So, yeah, um, this is revealing my pop culture ignorance. I, I was like, am I supposed to recognize that? Because I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I was, well, I was more of a TNG girl, which in case it wasn't completely obvious, that now makes me a total nerd. Yeah. What, what, okay. What was that again? What was your, what was your, uh, what did you just say about oh, your. I, I never saw it. I think I saw like half an episode of Doctor Who. I was more yeah. of like a next generation girl. Next. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Uh, the, the, the new Doctor Who's are no good. I, I don't watch, I watch the old ones. Like I, uh, the seventies, sixties uh, and seventies. I don't watch them anymore, but like early eighties. I was a fan then, so that's why I thought it was appropriate since we're talking about NASA today. I thought, let's try yeah. something different. And you know what? I uh, I specifically went in and added that song and said, play that as intro. I marked that tab. I know I did. And it showed up, and then it still played our old uh, intro music, so that was kind of weird. I guess I just got to be on top of things a little bit more when I think I have something in the system that <laughs> doesn't show up. But anyway. Well, uh, tab, right? It's kind of whimsical. 
Yeah, it's been a, yeah, it's a little touchy. I think um, you, this, the settings, you know, I might have to reach out and see uh, from somebody uh, at Blog Talk to see why they're not saving exactly right. So I can add audio in, and I can play it, but it doesn't. When I, when I try to set it to automatically do it, it doesn't do it all the time. So I don't know. I got to figure that out. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, I gave it away. We are talking NASA. If you saw the promo on uh, Blog Talk, you will see we're talking NASA today. Uh, did I say NASA? N- NASA uh, today. And um, yeah, because uh, Meg brought up a, a great article, or, you know, an interesting article. Anyway, I read it and uh, she put it out on Facebook earlier this week. And I thought maybe we could just, dis- oh, well, she thought maybe we could discuss it. And I said, let's, that sounds great. Because I had nothing for, for this week. Uh, I was just, I literally had nothing. I was just going to go and wing it and do whatever. So uh, anyway, uh, we're going to go from there. Uh, let's just, uh, let me do my news headline. Cause I think it's a pretty good one since it ties in with our, uh, with our uh, topic today. Yeah, for sure. Already 97% of scientists have already confirmed that humans have caused climate change on Mars. <laughs> just already, so just you, by talking you, about it. <laughs> so you joke, but a few years ago I read a nature paper and, and, you know, probably not everyone knows this um, and nor should they. Um, nature is one of the most prestigious, scientific publications um, on the planet. Um, And they had published an article about how, um, and Nature mostly, a lot of it's publishing original research. Um, So it's a really big deal when you get your article published in Nature, in case you're wildly curious. Um, But they published an article on how um, the temperature on Mars is increasing concurrent with the temperature on Earth. now, I don't know what the temperature has been over the last few years because the temperature on Earth hasn't changed in 15 years. Um, but, you know, they were talking about how it might have something to do with the sandstorms, um, you know, lowering the albedo, which, you know, causes you to absorb more, more of the um, infrared light, the heat waves um, from, from the sun. And, I mean, ugh, make a long story short, um, yeah, the the temperature on Mars has been been tracking with Earth, and yet no one wants to say that. I don't know. Maybe there's a co- You know, they're both caused by the same thing. Sure. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Crazy as that sounds. Oh, uh, we just need to. Well, no, we need to have the guilt. We need to. You know, human needs to have. You know, human beings have to be guilty about something. They need to pay. They need to pay, and specifically, they need to pay someone who uh, has authority over us and can tell us, you know, what to do, or a group of people that uh, can make things right. Just give us some money and give us control, yeah. and we can. That's that's it. So well, who's going to be that? Again, I, I am no expert on on meteorology. I'll just say that. Um, but you know, I, I mean, they're they're advancing this idea that that you know sandstorms are are causing temperature but really weather in general is you know temperature causes weather right so like the sun warms up the surface of a planet um and the heat rises and heats up the air causing convection and all sorts of weather Mm -hmm. on earth and on other planets um so the I suspect, and again, I'm not an expert, but when I read it, I thought to myself, okay, this sounds like a real reversal of cause and effect here. 
So, yeah, I, to, yeah, I love your, I love your fake news headlines. <laughs> Thanks. Now, now, a lot of times I know you say this is stuff, you know, a headline that we wish would happen or whatever. I usually just go for the funny. So I know Megan, she does more of the, like, what she hopes will happen. I just go with whatever I think is <laughs> funny or I try to tie it in I have pathological optimism <laughs> I just try to tie it into current events and just make a, my own spin on whatever is people are talking about so yeah that's kind yeah. of my the kind of thing I, so so you know that's that's my deal now you know Meg has her deal and, and what is your deal today my deal is um the, the uh the headline is after safe landing, first Bigelow colonists are greeted by SpaceX's inaugural Martian explorers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So who, I, who, yeah. Would, who would be the, the explorers? I was just going to say speculate well, I mean, on who would be. Go ahead. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Elon? Probably you and me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Elon for sure. If not the first. Yeah. If not the first landers, probably the second ones. Um, do you think yeah, would do for those who are not quite as nerdy, um, SpaceX is a private um, rocket company, one of the companies owned and run by Elon Musk. Um, Bigelow Aerospace is actually run by, I think it's Urutan, who, this is not the Amazon guy. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm totally blanking on what he's got this massive fortune in um, yeah. private industry, and I'm I'm so sorry. Bezos? I'm blanking on what it was. Bezos? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of throwing it, names out. But... Don't remember. Yeah, it's one of those. There's like, yeah, there's like a bunch of guys. Um, oh, I want to say Bert Rutan is Virgin Galactic, but I don't quote me on that. Anyway, you yeah, think? so the, yeah, it's it's just really cool to follow these these private space people because honestly, they're the only ones getting anything done these days. Yeah. But now Musk, though he has a, he's kind of, a, 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 I want to say, in bed with the uh, government too. He takes a little uh, graft, right? Yeah, which you know is what I'm too bad because it, he started out um, in PayPal and then he sold it in cash for a billion dollars. Um, yeah. So I think he started out totally private. I don't know why he became such a cronyist um, because he. Right. You know, it clearly is, especially with Tesla. Right. I was just going to bring that up. That was the big. Bad. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, I haven't done a whole lot of uh, research into uh, the Tesla connection and and why it's why he got uh, why he got government in bed with him. I think it's because of the electric car. So because he he got some funding from the government or taxpayers uh, for the electric car, uh, just because uh, he could. You know, and that's I, I I guess I'm just I'm not saying that I know for sure because I don't you know I don't I don't research everything uh, on Elon Musk or what's going on with him or anything. I just know from what I the periphery of, of what I what I see uh, online or whatever. And I would I'm just speculating that because government just throws money at anybody who does something green, that he just said, well yeah I'll just take some of that and you know why not you know I, I guess I could, you know, I could be totally wrong on that. So, but, you know, uh, that's my guess, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I think Elon Musk, he's always been, so, the, um, 
Uh, I mean, so like the, you know, we're talking about NASA today, and, and the article you were mentioning um, was written by Dr. Robert Zubrin, and um, I first heard that name when I was in eighth grade. I read his book, Case for Mars. Um, you may not have guessed that this molecular biologist slash objectivist was a bit of a nerd, but indeed no. I was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, um, so that's actually where I, I met Alan Lust very briefly. I'm sure he doesn't remember me. It was, you know, a lengthy conversation. Um, and I was a teenager at the time. Um, but um, he was at the Mars Society convention. Um, and this was, this was, you know, I was a teenager <laughs> a few years ago. Um, so he's been really interested in Mars colonization for a long time. And I think it relates to his interest in um, alternative energies. You know, he, what he wants is, you know, for the human race to, you know, to continue and flourish, you know, so he's concerned that an asteroid may obliterate the earth, in which case we need to colonize other, other celestial bodies. He's concerned that um, anthropogenic global warming is a thing, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think he's right. Um, but I think it all stems from this, this desire to, preserve and and flourish and and grow as a as a space colonizing species and that I really admire. Yeah. I'd like to actually so, hear yeah. like a uh, I mean I'd actually like to do like a, like do some research and do like a show on guys like that, you know, that are we we kind we, we admire but they're they're kind of scumbags by taking money from the government. Yeah, you know, I mean, bite, like the bite. thing is that most people, myself included, are mixed cases. You know, they're, you know, they're. It's it's very hard to find um, a Dagny Taggart or right. a Francisco Danconia or Hank Reardon. I mean, most people just aren't aren't that loyal to um, principles, and and most people have never learned principles which they could practice consistently. And they never knew there was anything better out there. That's, yeah, and that's, you know, again, education, you know, we go back to that a lot, you know, where yeah. you were never taught it. When you go to a government school and, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're going to be taught the way the government, and, and then you see that brainwashing, you know, as, uh, you know, as as you go through it. And, well, you don't see it unless you were, you know, you learn a different way and then you look back and you go, Oh my God, what, what's going on there? You know, um, kind of in the abstract right now, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Um, let me... Yeah. Well, I mean, objectivism is a very new philosophy and it's different from any philosophy that has ever been. Um, yeah. So I, ideas, especially big and very controversial ideas take a long time to permeate, um, right. which is, which is too bad for the people who, who, who missed the boat, you know, I mean, you know, we, we're sincere in our belief that, that objectivism to the extent that you, that you um, understand it and can practice it. It's just like capitalism, right? I mean, very few practice it consistently, um, but to the extent they do, it's, it's a huge benefit. Right. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We, so yeah, space. 
Um, so the, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, aren't I? No, no, that's okay. I just was going to do the quick, you know, if you want to call in kind of thing. Uh, but you know, oh my I, God. I, <laughs> no, no, it's okay because you know, most people, you know, we have, we don't get a lot of phone calls, but in case someone's listening, that's not like either in the chat or actually maybe they're, I don't know how else you could listen. I guess you'd have to be in blog talk and just look up and you can see, but maybe someone's out there that is listening. And if they, they need to know the number or if they can see the number on blog talk, but then they need to know to press one. So, you know, the number to call in if you have questions or you want to add anything, uh, 516-387-1224 and press the number one. If you have a question, feel free to do that. And then um, we're on Stitcher, TuneIn, and the iTunes apps, along with Blog Talk. Uh, please, uh, if you're listening to this on a replay or anything or later on down the line, you know, always go to Blog Talk and hit the follow button so you can follow us and get notified when we have shows that are uh, coming up. And then you can either listen live or listen later, but you'll have a reminder. And we don't have any new followers this week, so I don't have anybody to, to mention. But thank you to everybody who is following us still and hasn't discontinued that. <laughs> so thank you to that. Uh, we are, uh, you know, it, it, it's a process, right? This show is a process. So you're not going to be, you know, we're not going to get as many people as some other shows because we're new. And uh, I like you know, the people that are listening to us, we're getting nice numbers and people are listening to the show and I appreciate all that. And, and you know, we I hear have the most loving listeners ever. I mean, well, what we lack and, and, you know, we're, we're no, you were in Brooke in terms of followers, but I, I doubt he has gotten as much love as we have, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I love him a lot. I always get, <laughs> every time I see a status on Facebook, of I just like it or love it. You know what I mean? So it's like, he shows up all the time, but anyway, yeah, no. So, but I mean, yeah, we're, but we're has start- anyone contributed to his beer and bail fund? I ask you. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, that's it. Appreciate everybody. That's great. Feel free to uh, find us on Facebook too. And the closet objectivist, you can find us there too. And feel free to, to, to join the group if you'd like. Uh, so, yeah. So go, getting back to the main topic again is, you know, our thoughts, you know, thoughts on NASA. I, that's all I kind of threw out as far as what I, you know, uh, had in mind. And, and again, um, I think, you know, Megan had a lot more to contribute to this one, but I just had some notes here. And if Meg, you want to start up, that's great. Um, sure. what your thoughts were. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I wrote some of my own notes, which I'm hiding from you for no good reason. Really. <laughs> I just, I that's okay. To you. <laughs> no, that's, I'll, that's try okay. To, I'll try not to step on your toes here. Um, so um, I was telling you about Robert Zubrin kind of as a, as a prelude to this article that he wrote. Um, so like I said, he wrote the case for Mars um, a few years ago. I'm not going to date myself. Um, I think I've done quite enough of that on the show. Yeah. But the idea was really, it's really simple and really compelling. Um, and incidentally, for those of you who have read The Martian, um, the, the novel about Mark Watney, this, this astronaut who gets stranded on Mars, um, the the whole idea was based on Robert Zubrin's case for Mars. It's not the exact same plan. Robert Zubrin's idea was, um, you know, it's a very simple, relatively inexpensive way to get people to the surface of Mars. One rocket from Earth to Mars, and then one rocket that's been sitting there for a couple of years, um, utilizing Mars's atmosphere to make rocket fuel so that it's ready to go, so there's one rocket to send you back. There's no, like, you know, 
rocket to the International Space Station and from there to Mars or for Mars or, I mean, none of that BS. It's very simple, inexpensive. It's, it's you know, he makes a really compelling case for how it's, it's doable and simple and therefore less, you know, prone to problems and expense. Um, and he makes a, a really interesting point that, you know, we knew exponentially less about human space flight and our technology was vastly inferior when we started um, the program to send humans to the moon, the, you know, the Apollo program. And we got that done in eight years. So by comparison, an eight-year mission, human mission to Mars um, is far more technically feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he wrote this article and it's called, um, I have it here, uh, a space station in lunar orbit will accomplish nothing. NASA needs to choose a rational goal. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Um, just, so quoting from the article, at the recent Space Foundation conference held in Colorado Springs, NASA revealed its plan for a human exploration, superseding the absurd, this is, Robert Zubrin talking, um, asteroid retrieval mission championed by the Obama administration. Now, just as a little background here, um, so in the article, he says that this idea of like sending people or a robotic mission to an asteroid, in you know, um, which the asteroid belt is further out than Mars. So I don't know if they meant to go to like the asteroid belt, send people there and back as a way to get to Mars. That's, I mean, that's like driving to it, you know, from like San Diego to Antarctica and back to get to Minnesota. I mean, that doesn't make, mm-hmm. doesn't make any right. sense. So I right. don't know exactly what the logic was there, but what's, what's perhaps even more tragic about this is that um, it was, this, you know, it had like a feasibility study in 2012. It's 2017, and literally nothing has come of it. And it's probably going to be axed in the two, mm-hmm. 2018 budget, which kind of gives you a hint at what our conclusion of this episode is going to be, right? I mean, once again, this is government science. It is subject to politics, right? I mean. Science, in general, is a very long-term investment. Um, space, probably longest of all, at least in some respects. I mean, it's a huge <laughs> undertaking. So, it's, and it is very, you know, like all science, it is very subject to the vicissitudes of um, changing political leadership. One, one mm-hmm. leader really wants to send, you know, send us to asteroids, the next one's like, this is stupid and I'm not interested. And mm-hmm. all of that work and research goes nowhere and gets us nothing. Um, and this happened, I mean, really, I think it's, I think it's fair to say that had, um, and I, it's horrible to say this, but it's probably true um, that if, if, you know, John Teddy was the one who, who advanced the idea of going to the moon in 1961, he was assassinated in 1963, and that not happened, it's not at all clear that that Apollo 11 ever would have, you know, we ever would have right. landed on the moon. Um, yeah, that was a big, that was a big, uh, well, we got to get that done for John kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 
Um, so, yeah, so, okay, um, continuing with, with Zubrin's article here. Um, amazingly, the space agency has managed to come up with an even dumber idea. Um, he's not shy about editorial. <laughs> yeah. Outside of the quotation there. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, continuing on with the article. No, instead, NASA is proposing to build a space station in lunar orbit. This proposal is notable for requiring a large budget to create an object with no utility whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Continuing the quotation. We do not need a lunar orbiting station to go to the moon. Because we <laughs> we've already been without a lunar right. orbiting station. We do not need such a station to go to Mars. Because it's nowhere near Mars. We right. do not need to go to near-Earth asteroids, which are further than, well, near-Earth asteroids, it kind of depends, but... Most of the right. asteroids are in the asteroid belt, which is way beyond Mars. We do not need to go anywhere, nor can we accomplish anything in such a station that we cannot do in orbiting International Space Station except to expose human subjects to irradiation, a form of medical research for which a number of Nazi doctors were hanged in Nuremberg. He makes an excellent like a, point. It's like a I Dr. Seuss it's it's like a Dr. Seuss. We don't need uh, green eggs and ham. You might as well put that on there too. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I will not eat them anywhere. I won't go there. Whatever. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, if you want to send, yeah, I mean, it it sounds um a little obvious, but if we want to go to the moon, the best way to do it is to go to the moon. I realize that's kind of right. a tautology, but come on. Um, right. And there's a lot of advantage to um you know, landing on a celestial body, especially a big one like the moon or Mars, as opposed to being in something like the International Space Station. I mean, the effects of microgravity are obvious and painful um, and really, really destructive. But leaving that aside, um, cosmic rays are a big thing when you get outside the Earth's magnetosphere, right? We have this you know, the planet is one big magnet which protects us from all kinds of radiation. Um, even without, I mean, Mars and, and the moon don't have a magnetosphere because they don't have a spinning um, core, but they do have a big damn, celeste, you know, they're big damn pieces of rock, right? That alone mm -hmm. means that, like, you know, if you look, you know, if, if you consider everything around you as a Sphere, half of that sphere is a rock, right? The, the half that's underneath you. And that can absorb a whole lot of radiation that a space station cannot. It just can't. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of really good reasons to land on a celestial body versus to just hang out in some sort of orbiter. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, let's see. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, neither there are a lot of a lot of really good quotations here. Um and um it's in the National Review if you guys wanna check it out. Um Yeah, but, one of the one of the things uh, I had oh go ahead. I'm sorry, keep going. No 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 no, you your your time is perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I just was gonna jump in. I, I, I figured I, I could. So I just wanted to question, right? It's just the basic starting question is why do we wanna go to Mars anyway? Why? That's a really good one. Um, and, I, I mean, for me, the reason I've always been interested in this is because Mars is a uniquely interesting planet 
for biologists. Um, there are so many, I mean, the, you know, one of the big things is the possibility of finding life. Now, to give you some context, um, life evolved in Earth in less than half, you know, like within like, you know, so like the Earth is about um, 4.5 billion years old. And there's been life on Earth for at least almost four. We, we have evidence of life from almost four billion years ago. So it was not long before the planet was not molten mm -hmm. that we had life. It can evolve very, very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. Mars at the same time was wet. Um, and in a lot of respects, it was very similar to early Earth. So, I mean, you know, the possibility has to be considered that at one point there was life on Mars, too. Now, that could answer so many questions. For example, most of our amino acids that make up our proteins are all, um, you know, they, they can be one of two orientations. You know, they're like, each amino acid has like a mirror image of itself. But for whatever reason, almost all of them are in the L conformation. They're all one side of the mirror. Why is that? Is there something special or, or beneficial for them all to be one way? Or did, did it just evolve that way? And we kind of said, well, we better pick one or the other. Um, you know, why is it that, you know, there are three major branches of life. There's, there's bacteria, there's eukarya, which includes us, and there's archaea. Why is it that, that one entire branch of archaea, almost none of them cause disease? Where, like, bacteria, whole damn lot of them cause disease. I mean, there are, there are these huge questions. Like, how did life actually, like, we've never actually demonstrated how life comes together, right? We've shown that it's very easy. Um, you know, the Miller experiment, for example, the Miller-Urey experiment, um, given, like, the early Earth chemistry, like, DNA nucleotides and RNA nucleotides and amino acids just form spontaneously, right? The building blocks of life. But how did they come together? And we have no right. idea. Um, so a lot of these really huge questions could be illuminated if we found another example of life. But even if we didn't, right, here's this entire planet that could be our garden. I mean, like, that's such, I mean, to me, that's, like, such an interesting biology question, right? Like, how do you bring to life an entire planet? It's not trivial, but it is so interesting. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess that's why I find um, the idea of, of Martian exploration and colonization so valuable. Um, but, yeah, I mean... There's a separate question. Yeah, to learn more about ourselves, really. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. As a, as you know, and and I don't think Elon Musk is wrong when he's concerned about asteroids obliterating the Earth. I mean, between the asteroid belt and the Sun, we're the biggest celestial body in the solar system, which means we have the most gravity. So if anything's going to hit anything, most likely it's going to be us. I don't right. say that to scare people because, well, but um, it's happened you know, before, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it wasn't, you know, 65 million years ago is actually not that, not that long of a time. And that's when most of the dinosaurs were obliterated. 
um, mm-hmm. due to an asteroid. So if you believe the prevailing theory, and I don't have a good reason not to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, I think that's a legitimate concern. Um, so having another sort of safe haven for people um, is not a stupid idea. And, and this is more of a philosophical point, is that, you know, people always talk about the pale blue dot, right? If you zoom out in space long enough, Earth becomes like this tiny little dot, and mm-hmm. people say that, like, that makes it so <clears throat> insignificant, and I take a completely different view. Um, I look at that little dot, and I say, there's, like, how many beautiful sonnets and amazingly moving sculptures and and lovely, mu- you know, um, musical composition. I mean, like, how many artistic, you know, beauties have been created, how many scientific discoveries, how many people have, how many love stories have, have happened on this one tiny blue dot. I mean, imagine what we could do with two dots. It's just like it boggles the mind, like how much we've done with such a tiny little place and how much more we can do if we, you know, if we start colonizing other dots. Right. Well, that's what people, you know, and again, people say that, that will say, well, human beings are insignificant. They're all therefore, you know, we, when they say, look at you, you, what you just said, uh, all the amazing things that have been accomplished on this tiny blue dot. Well, people want there to be this other uh, worldly presence that says, no, you know, you, you've accomplished those things, but yes, because I have commanded it or I have, you know, given you the authority to do these things. And so, you know, you really haven't done that, you know. And, and so when when people say, just look at that, you know, we're just this insignificant, insignificant thing, you look at it as look at all the amazing things that, that human beings have created and done and other people uh, that, you know, uh, you know, other, other authority types or um, uh, collectives or whatever people said, no, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's insignificant and it was because of you know, this otherworldly thing that, you know, supernatural or whatever that, that, uh, that did that. And so you're still insignificant and you know, whatever, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that's, well, it's that's funny the way you say I, that, Cause that actually like, um, like it, did you, so Ayn Rand actually saw the launch of Apollo 11. I don't know if you ever saw the article she wrote about it. No, I haven't. Oh God! It's probably my favorite article of hers, um, which is which is a tall order. She's quite a prolific writer, um, yeah. and she's talking about after the launch, it took four days um, to get to. I think it was four days to get to the moon and back. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't there, um, but <laughs> you know, she's quoting from from the article Apollo Eleven. Those four days conveyed the sense that we were watching a magnificent work of art a play dramatizing a single theme, the efficacy of man's mind. Um, you know, she goes, you know, yeah. she, she actually talks about how people would say, oh, how, how insignificant is man compared to the Grand Can? She's like, no, 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 no. Even the most dedicated nihilist, you wouldn't have a dedicated nihilist, but even right. the most hopeless nihilist, I would say, was, you know, saw Apollo 11 and and couldn't deny 
that, you know, how, how great is mankind and how safe is nature um, when, when we master it, you know? I mean, yeah. nature is, is not hospitable to human beings. I mean, for most of human history, we were lucky if we lived to 30, you right. know? Like, right. there, there was, you know, the, the planet could support, you know, naturally – you know, humans could barely eke out a, you know, survival on the planet, you know, maybe like a million people on the whole planet. Now we've got like 7,000 times as many people surviving on the same rock. I mean, that's, right. So these illustrate that, you know, nature um, without human ingenuity is incredibly dangerous to human beings. It is, it is not safe. It is no garden of Eden. Um, and yet, we have the ability to tame it such that we can throw people into vacuum. Right. With just this tiny capsule of plastic and metal, and they can travel to the stars. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, I mean, looking outside, you know, if you're in that capsule, you look outside, you, you see the, the awe of the moon, you see the awe of space and all this. But then... At the same time, I look at the awe of the capsule itself that was able to get you there and the people who were able to create that capsule and the minds who were able to create and come up with the, the, the engineering and the, the, you know, the, the specs and everything that, that happened that, that you know, was able to, to get to the moon and look out and see the awe of the, of the, of the solar system and the moon and, and whatever else. But you know, take a moment to think about how we got there and appreciate that as much, if not more than the actual sight of being on the moon and looking out and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, I, yeah, I, I hope you get a chance to read the article because it's, it's such a beautiful homage to human ingenuity and, and human grandeur. Um, and and that's really what I love about space exploration is that it is kind of the, the, the best, clearest example of just how magnificent we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to, to, um, get to, to get to Mars will be a, quite an accomplishment. I have no doubt that someday we will, and it'll be because of uh, – of minds and the people that, uh, not because of government, it'll be because of the people that, uh, the, the, the leaders, the people with the, the vision, um, and, and not because it's mandated or, you know, whatever. I think it'll be, uh, I, you know, I'm sure there'll be an element and I hope not, but I can see an element of cronyism in getting there, I suppose, but it'll be not be because of that. Well, it'll, you know, it'll be, be, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, you make a lot of really good points. And, and um, you know, you were saying that some people, people will say stuff like, oh, you know, if we can send people to the moon, why can't we, why can't we end the war in poverty or whatever that, um, and I ran addresses that far more eloquently than I do. But the point I'm trying to make is that, um, you know, these people shouldn't, However much I disagree with them, they shouldn't be forced to pay for a program they don't agree with, which is what NASA is. Now, Ayn Rand, um, she, she has this amazing quote um, from the same article. Um, as far as national priorities are concerned, 
I want to say the following. We do not have to have a mixed economy. We still have a chance to change our course and thus survive. But if we do continue down the road of a mixed economy, then let them pour all the millions and billions they can into the space program. If the United States is to commit suicide, and that's what she she thought was likely to happen if we continue with a mixed economy instead of moving to a laissez-faire economy, um, a laissez-faire capitalist economy. Um, sorry, <laughs> breaking from the article. Um, continuing with, <laughs> with the quotation, if, if the United States is to commit suicide, let it not be for the sake and support of the worst human elements to parasites on principle at home and abroad. Let it be its only epithet or excuse me, epitaph, <laughs> that it died paying its enemies for its own destruction. Let some of its lifeblood go to support the achievement and the progress of science. The American flag on the moon or on Mars or on Jupiter will at least be a worthy monument to what had once been a great country. Um, and she, you know, she goes on to talk about how she, you know, she does not think that you know, anybody should be paying compulsory taxes, period, not even right. to the best governmental program that had ever been, which was NASA. Um, mm-hmm. She, she, you know, um, and, and I agree with that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, if, if people, you know, think that their, their money and effort is better spent on poor people who, you know, I have no right to force them to do otherwise. Um, right. It's their money. They earned it. They should be the ones to decide how to dispose of it. Um, uh, you know, so I, I ultimately hope that um, NASA is, and I mentioned this when I posted this, you know, Robert Zubrin's article, is that I hope NASA is, you know, rather than having a rational goal as, as Zubrin um, hopes, I, I hope that NASA is disbanded and, um, and, auctioned off to, to private companies. Yeah, uh, although unfortunately it's almost impossible due to, you know, regulatory issues, um, right. massive amounts of regulations for anybody to do anything, especially if it involves getting off of the ground. Um, <laughs> right. So it'd be nice if people were able to, like, you know, explore space well, um, and not yeah. be prohibited by just an insane behemoth of regulation. Yeah, yeah. Get the, get the government to relax on that, you know, and uh, let people be free to to pursue that uh, if it's you know uh, exploring space or if it's running a, a popsicle stand. But you know, yeah. I think that people are looking for a shortcut, and that's where I think some crony, you know, they're like, well, I, I if I if I go to the government, you know, I don't have to spend uh, you know whatever X amount of money I can spend uh, half of my X amount of money if I just saddle up to, to government and get uh, get them to throw me a few bucks. And uh, so they're looking for a shortcut to get to where they want to go. And, you know, we so we got to remove that, that uh, incentive. And then, you know, yeah, you're going to have to, like Elon Musk or um, the Virgin guy, uh, Branson, uh, uh, Richard Branson or whoever – you know, you guys are going to have to go ahead. If you want to do the Mars thing, you're going to have to come up with all the money. Maybe these guys can get together and, you know, and, and, and throw their money and, and, and invest in, uh, you know, a, a moon base. Right. Uh, and you know what? 
people then sell tickets to go there to people or whatever and come up with that, you know, idea. Um, but you know, there's no going to be no uh, taxpayer funds going that to that, no matter how good of an idea it is, or you think it is or whatever, you know, you guys are have plenty of money to do that. And, um, just think of the payoff you would get. I mean, there's going to be plenty of people. There's a lot of rich people around. A lot of people will spend a lot of money if you can set up a moon base to go there, right? Yeah, a lot and of people have more money than the NASA budget. Yeah. And so, I mean, just think of that. You know, people, if you if you complete it, you know, yeah, you're going to invest a lot, but it's not any more than, you know, look, R&D into uh, drugs, pharmaceuticals, things like that. No, but they don't get a payoff right away. You know, they got to put in a bunch of money before they get a payoff. But you guys have the dough. If this is something you want to do, do it. But don't expect the government to, you know, uh, yeah. give you money. Yeah, uh, I, I, I sympathize with people who who don't want to wait for the for the private sector to make space profitable. Um, but at the same time. I think it's very telling that, you know, we went to the moon in 1969, or we put people on the moon in 1969, and pretty much nothing has happened since. I mean, the market just wasn't ready for it, and so it didn't go anywhere, and it's really disappointing, you know? I mean, I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't love to see this, well, I mean, I, the moon is much less interesting to me as a biologist, because I don't think you could ever terraform it. Um, it doesn't... Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, I mean, it's just silicon dioxide mostly um, and, and iron. It, it doesn't have anything, you know, <clears> to <throat> make life. It's got a little bit of water, but that's that's not enough. Um, yeah. So, it, 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 you know, in a lot of respects, it's, it's probably never going to be terraformed, which is fine. It's just, I don't, it's just not as interesting to me. But whatever, right? Like, I am not a billionaire, if anyone was wondering. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not... It's just not my money to to spend anyway. Um, right. But yeah, you know, like it, you know, I I understand people wanting NASA and and wanting it to do the the grandiose things it it used to do. Um. And and has done recently. I mean, the the robotic Mars exploration has been amazing. Um. And Mars is not an easy target by any means. People joke that it's like the the robot graveyard. <laughs> like. Yeah. At the Mars missions end with a spectacular explosion. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's. I think there's a reason why if you get, you know, politics involved in science, you know, it's gonna. You know, the best you can hope for is an Apollo 11, and then a whole lot of nothing. Right. Right. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it's just there's a uh, there's a ton of people. Uh, I know when they were talking uh, a couple of years ago, and I don't remember, I think it might have been Elon's company. It might have been, well, yeah, it was SpaceX, about they had a, 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 a like a casting call, if you will, uh, for volunteers, right? For, to, to, they were, they were going to go on a, uh, in a, 10 years, they were going to go to Mars, and they were opening up basically people to sign up and, and see if they if they wanted to go. It was basically, they were going to choose people and you could go and like try to audition for them, I guess, or whatever or work out or whatever they do to test to see if you, you know, uh, are, have the right stuff, <laughs> pulling the right stuff uh, uh, to go to Mars. And um, do you remember, do you remember this? It's like two or three years ago. I do. And mm-hmm. it was kind of a news thing. And then they, they, they scrapped it though. 
I don't remember why they did, but okay. But anyway, the result was I had friends on Facebook and I had other people that I heard that said, I would love to go for it. And now half of these people might chicken out at the last second. Who knows, you know, with families and who knows, because mm-hmm. you work in a, it's a one-way ticket. You're going to, you're going to die there and you're, but you're going to see what you can do and, and that. And there was a lot of people that would be for that. Now, you know, I'm sure there are people you could probably get enough people together to, you know, if the, if it's a one-way ticket to invest in, it, it, they're just going to throw everything they can at it and say, look, you know, everybody pitches in. I don't know how much you would have to pay it. I don't, I, you know, the, the economics of it, I don't know. But enough people, I know a lot of people, enough people would be interested in going there to begin with and volunteering or whatever to go there. And, and uh, so you would have that aspect of people. Now, what you what that would mean financially? Again, I don't know, but I'm just saying there was a lot of interest in it at the beginning. So, why couldn't there be that same interest down the road or whenever you wanted to kind of drum that up again? You know, so. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's clear a lot of people are really inspired by space exploration. A lot of people are, I mean, are at heart explorers. I mean, that's no surprise to me either. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of passion and a lot of interest. Um, in space exploration, um, which is probably explains why NASA's existed as long as it as it has. Um, yeah, which means we don't need the government to be involved. If there's enough private interest, then you know there's the, the answer is right there, right? So that's already there. Yeah. Just get, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm are sure gonna, a lot you know, of people would be willing to put their money where their mouth is if you know if they were allowed to keep their money. Yeah. And, you know, and, and yeah, and, and get get out of the way. And you know what? People are going to, there's going to be people that, you know, that die through the training and, you know, but that's just the way, you know, it's going to happen. You know, look at the, uh, the, the Apollo, I forgot, what was it? The Apollo uh, capsule, one of the ones uh, early on that burned yeah, up. Yeah, I think it was Apollo 1, wasn't it? Uh, it could have been, I guess. Maybe I'm just, uh, I'm not fact checking and I have Google right in front of me. Why the heck am I not using it? But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. no, so, we have this vast repository of knowledge at our fingertips. Yeah, but the problem is, is you know, then all of a sudden I start googling something and then I get lost or I, you know, lose my train of thought or then you know the show yeah, takes a and dead air. I don't like dead. Yeah, then dead air and that's silly. So that that drives me a little bit nutty. So anyway, but yeah, so you're gonna have stuff like that that's gonna happen in the training and you know, but that's well, these people sign up, they know. You know, it's amazing how 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 safe the program has been given. You know, especially in its and its at its earliest, you know, with the, with the Gemini program, um, for, well, that wasn't the earliest, but like, it's amazing given how ignorant we were, just how, what a, what yeah. an amazing safety record we've had, um, by comparison, the Russians, I mean, they were very, very cagey about, you know, what went on in their space oh, yeah. program, but like, that, like, just like, I mean, they, USSR really had no regard for human life. I mean, just, you know, just the, they'd irradiate their astronauts with reckless abandon, you know, because yep. well, it was human life. Cannon fodder. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, so, but like I said, the, the point is, you know, I'm sure there Americans are people that would just give. for that BS. Yeah, right. Well, for the most part, we have a sense of individualism. I mean, for the most part. I mean, when it comes right down to it, you're like, well, I don't want to burn up. You know, I need to know that this stuff is safe and you're going to be, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're looking out for yourself, they look, you know, Americans have a little bit of that still, even though 
you know, they still are among this collective, different collectives. They still have a little bit of that. So. Well, and rather than cannon fodder, we've always regarded astronauts as heroes. We would never tolerate their, them um, losing their lives if there was any possibility of preventing it. You don't stand right. for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and you know, like I said, well, like I said, we have this to a certain degree. Uh, Americans and you know, look at themselves and they say, well, they, they look at themselves as individuals to a certain degree, and they're not going to just you know risk everything and yeah, uh, uh, and they think, well, you know, I don't want to leave my you know, so there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like. I don't, I'm not going to leave my family and, you know, I'm, you know, that kind of thing. So, but, but there's a lot of, a lot of people that I know uh, would, would love to go and, you know, and they, they could do it privately and, and that kind of thing. And, 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 you know, I think eventually that's going to work, you know, it'll happen. I think it'll work out eventually. So, yeah. And the getting back to the Russia thing though. Yeah. They, they just, you know, a lot of their records are just sealed, right. They'll never reveal the amount of people that, that were killed or, you know, lost or whatever and back in those days. They, they had no, yeah, yeah, they had no, no interest in, in actual individual life. It just throw them away, you know, so. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. What, but it is, it's you just, know, like. Go ahead. Even what they have admitted to, like the, literally the millions of people they, they, that were part of the planned starvation. I mean, I shudder to think what they're not willing to admit to. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 uh, it's pretty bad over there. I don't know. Um, I had another thought too, as we were talking, um, I, I was thinking about SETI, uh, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I don't know the, the numbers on this cause you know, it, it just came to me, so I haven't done any research on it. But I know that's government funded as well. But what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I really think it's kind of a waste. But then the only reason I can see that it, it's, it would be good for something is you're looking for asteroids that are going to hit the Earth. So that's like the thing, because, you know, no extraterrestrial, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's some out there, but we're not going to concern ourselves with that what we, what it, what it would be good for is looking for stuff that's going to come hit us but so we're back to the funding thing on that uh, i don't know how much the well, government gives to them study, the study network is actually just private individuals with their own telescopes and radios oh is it okay i i, I know that there, there's the big fields down in whatever it is new mexico or wherever um uh, Arizona, that kind of thing, and, and that, in Australia they have some, and that kind of thing. But I wonder how those. Okay, so if those are privatized, great. But uh, how many? I mean, I'm sure there's got to be some government, you know, uh, graft in some of them, you know, here or maybe elsewhere too. I guess I just don't know enough about it. But what are your thoughts if, let's just say, is it a, is it is study uh, something that should uh, is it worth it? What do you think? Um, you know, to be honest, I've never been an expert in study. I, I mean, other than the acronym, I, I actually know very little about it. Um, so I, I don't want to say more than I know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think this is at, at first blush, I would say that, this is kind of like the realm of insurance, right? Like there's 
there is a risk of something. And, you know, some in some cases the risk is very, very low, but the consequences are very, very expensive and damaging. Um, this seems like the sort of thing where, um, you know, like if, if insurance were more privatized, right, you could have people, if they were genuinely concerned about um, after an impact would pay, you know, that extra premium on the insurance, um, which insurance companies could then use to, I don't know, um, start their own, their, you know, their own space company or something to, to shoot asteroids out of, out of space. You know what I mean? That, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, if, if say, let's just say this far fetched, right? So, uh, asteroids come and we, you know, you buy insurance into, into whatever it is for, you know, SETI, whatever insurance. And the asteroids come in and we shoot it out of space. And, and uh, uh, how would you, what kind of, in, what kind of return on your investment? You know what I'm saying? So, like, well, you, you wouldn't have to pay for all the damage caused by an asteroid. That's, that's true. Uh, that's true. I'm just trying to think of how. Uh, and then, so anybody, okay, so it'd be just like, you know, regular insurance. I, I get it. Uh, I, I get it. Okay. So, you know, if you get into a car accident, you don't have insurance, you pay for whatever. If an asteroid comes, you blow it up. But say you get some, you know, you know, uh, you blow it up, right? But it's like still rains down and hits some shit, but you're still covered if you have the insurance or if you don't, you're kind of screwed or. You know, God forbid you go to the government and they bail you out. Probably that'd be a whole other deal. But anyway, um, uh, like Armageddon, you know, that uh, falling down. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I guess you know, um, I guess yeah, no, that um, you know, to have to have yeah. something like that, you know. Uh, but I, so I, you know, your question. Oh, what were you gonna say? No, no, I, go ahead. I was rambling. Oh, no, no. I, was, I mean, your question relates to, so when I posted this article, listener Jeff actually asked me, um, okay, so, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying about dismantling NASA and, and not, you know, and, and not burdening the taxpayers even more and, and selling off NASA to, um, or auctioning off NASA to private private companies, but, you know, he's like, I don't, remember that ever happening <laughs> so um if we are stuck with nasa what what would you like them to do i mean essentially instead of oh, like yeah. these stupid you know lunar orbiter you know programs like what would you have nasa do and, and my first thought when he asked that question was um this is kind of like being asked okay but if you do have to have one of your limbs shot off, which one would it be? Right. And like, yeah. The answer right. to that is no. Um, right. But um, although, you know, like, you know, like I said, I ran said, okay, I, I don't agree with the mixed economy. I don't think people should, should be forced to forfeit their money to the government. Um, but it, you know, NASA is, is the, the government compulsory taxation funded program. I hate the least. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Right, um, right. But, uh, you know, the truth is, and I know we've kind of been dancing around this this idea, you know, for the last hour, is that, I, you know, I think the reason NASA's been doing kind of these BS programs is because 
it is a government program, right? I mean, ultimately, its job is to create jobs, right? I mean, there's no good reason to have all these different, you know, branches of NASA. You know, you've got, like, um, Ames and Palo Alto, and you've got JPL in um, Pasadena, and you've got um, Marshall in, in Alabama, and you've got Houston, and you've got the, you know, the <laughs> – you know, you've got Florida. I mean, there, there's no reason to have them in multiple different cities and multiple different states except um, to appease Congress people who are funding NASA, right? I mean, they've got to have their jobs program in their, you know, swing state. Um, yep. You know, so it, it really is a jobs program. And, and if that's what its actual mission is, you know, that's all it's, you know, it's all it's going to accomplish, really. I mean, honestly, the Apollo program was a fluke. Right. Yeah, just, it's just going to be like, a, 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 you know, a dig a hole, fill the hole up. Dig a hole, fill the hole yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I just was watching Cool Hand Luke, by the way, this uh, a couple of days ago. So that's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Cool Hand Luke, but anyway, part of this. I haven't. Oh, it's a great movie. It's a, it's great. Anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's, it's just make work. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head, uh, and we're just pissing money away, and um, with no, with no leadership or direction, you know, that's what's going to happen, and and without it privatized, right? So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just make work. You're right. It's just that that's all it is. Yeah, um, and let's be honest. You know, people who have made billions of dollars, they are the most ruthlessly goal-oriented, and I mean that in the best way possible, the right. most ruthlessly goal-oriented people on the planet. They get stiff stuff done, right? They create massive wealth. Um, they're, they're the ones who should be direct, you know, they, they should be in charge of this sort of thing if, if that's right. what they choose to do with their money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just it, you know. It, you, Elon Musk is obviously in this. Uh, you know, uh, he has enough money or enough uh, re- resources. Even if you know he has enough buddies and, and resources that he could get stuff done uh, privately, uh, and he could, should expect a huge return on his investment when it when it uh, comes to fruition. Or maybe he loses a bunch of money or all of it, but that's on him. That's his uh, interest. Uh, and you know what, it just can, you know what, maybe I'd throw him 10, a hundred bucks if he comes to me with a prospectus and says, look, if, uh, you, you know, you invest a hundred dollars with this company, you can expect, uh, this kind of return Da da da. you know, if it goes around and, you know, do it like, uh, any other, you know, buying stock, you know, whatever, um, you know, you come up with your own way of, of, uh, of funding and, um, you know, if it interests you and, and don't once because once the government gets in, they they don't they don't get out, and it's 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 never gonna it's never gonna be completely private once they get in, and it's not ever gonna really come without uh, a bundle of regulations and a, and a lot of waste and a lot of red tape and a lot of bureaucracy, and it's just gonna turn into another mess. And it one again, once the government program never stops, it never goes away, and. Yeah, I, I would just I, I want them out <laughs> completely. I don't like the idea of even 
when someone says, should the government, uh, now, you know, it's right away, no, get away, you know, it's like, should the, G, you know, before they can even spit it out, it's like, no, We're just going to head that off of the pass right there. Exactly. Slap them, just like that, I don't know if you see the Batman, Robin, uh, mem oh, that goes, yeah. That goes, yeah. It's just, that's should the gov, and that's it, smack, yeah, get yeah. out of here, so, yeah, no. anyway, yeah, it's, yeah, anyway, that's my thoughts so far on it. Yep, right there with you, buddy. Well, should we wrap up? I think we probably should. Uh, it's been a good solid hour, a good conversation. Uh, once again, guys, uh, please help promote the show. If you could, In the Closet Objectivist, find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and the TuneIn, and the iTunes, and, of course, Blog Talk. Follow us on Blog Talk. And also join us on Facebook, In the Closet Objectivist. Feel free to, to join us there as well. Meg, it has been a pleasure. I don't know what we're going to talk about next Sunday, but we'll put our heads together and figure out something, I assume. (laughs) We always do. All right. Cool, cool. Well, I'm going to play us out uh, with a little uh, Learning to Fly by the Foo Fighters. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, cheers to reason, Meg. And uh, we'll talk over the course course of the week, and we'll set up something for the same time, same channel next uh, Sunday. We'll see you all then. Cool.
In this world of nonstop news, it's important local journalists cut through the noise so you know what really matters. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil Lipoff. And I'm Shannon Malaire. In our community in Boston, you are the driving force behind our stories every night. Our investigators team is constantly creating change that impacts all of us. And NBC10 response Leslie Gatiss is ready to fight for your retail rights. Plus experience and accuracy, Pete Bouchard brings you the forecast like no one else. It's your news and we're here to tell it. NBC10 Boston, weeknights at 6, 7 and 11. In this world of nonstop news, it's important local journalists cut through the noise so you know what really matters. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil Lipoff. And I'm Shannon Malaire. In our community in Boston, you are the driving force behind our stories every night. Our investigators team is constantly creating change that impacts all of us. And NBC10 response Leslie Gatiss is ready to fight for your retail rights. Plus experience and accuracy, Pete Bouchard brings you the forecast like no one else. It's your news and we're here to tell it. NBC10 Boston, weeknights at 6, 7 and 11. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.